Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. Well, hello and good morning, everybody. Today, I have a very special guest, Michael Perry. Michael, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Wayne. So Michael is a nurse anesthetist, and he's been in the business of helping people with passion for over 40 years. He started as a staff anesthetist, and he's worked his way up, and now he's a national speaker. He's been involved with multiple pain societies across the U.S., and he's leading the way in a very special technique that I've beginning to learn more about in the last month or so as we've had dialogues between each other about exactly what he's doing. So, Michael, before we dive into this very fascinating subject of hydration or dissecting trigger point injections, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, I'm an old guy. I've I've been at it for 40 years. I'm now 66 years of age. When I got into anesthesia, it was in the day that people had surgery. We followed them up post-op until they left. And back in the 70s, early 80s, they may have been in a week, two weeks. So after you did a surgical schedule, you would follow them up on the floor. So pain was definite interest for me at that time, even acute pain. And the surgeons pretty much stated that, you know, pain never killed anybody. And everyone just got Demerol and Vestrol and that was it. And as time passed, it was addressing acute pain and how to treat it better. And then in the early 80s, chronic pain then became a subspecialty of anesthesia of all specialties. So the anesthesia field, the anesthesiologists kind of took control over it this time and started developing it. And from that time, as it developed, I developed with it. In other words, wherever there was a meeting, something new that came up, I was on a plane somewhere flying there to find out what it was. And then also when they started with interventional techniques back in the mid to late 80s, early 90s, early 2000s, uh, I was on again on a plane somewhere. So I've got over about 1,700 continued education hours in my career just strictly in, in chronic pain. And my interest was that there's so much of this as far as chronic pain and, and literally from head to foot that really is still progressing as time goes, and as we talk today, that still needs to be addressed. And there's so much more that needs to be done and so much more to be accomplished. So, you know, over my journey, so to speak, which has been a great career path so far, I've had a lot of experience and met a lot of wonderful people, a lot of uh, mentors, and it's helped me develop the techniques over the last 15 years. And if it wasn't for this background, I wouldn't be able to be doing what I'm doing today. Wonderful. Well, thank you for that. 
So let's dive in. You said you've got this new technique you've been doing for 15 years, and I know you're getting amazing results because you've been sharing stories with me. So just tell our audience, please, from ground zero, what is this technique and how is it actually helping people with pain? I kind of coined it hydroneedling. In some of the literature, they are, talk about a couple things that may be close as hydrodissection. But what it really comes down to is using large volumes of uh, sodium chloride, some low-dose local anesthetic, and a small dose of steroid. And by that, you know, people always say, well, what is your formula? And it's typically a four-to-one ratio. In other words, four cc's of the normal saline to one cc of 1% lidocaine and low-dose steroid. And you can p- pick the choice that you want. I use Depomedrol. I'll usually use five to 10 milligrams in my dosages. People will say, well, how much are you going to use? And again, that's a key question because it depends on what I'm treating. If I'm somewhere in the periphery, let's say an arm or the back or the buttocks, you'll use anywhere from minimum of three to seven cc's of solution on each of the sites that you treat. And then you say, well, how do you determine how much when you do in each of those sites? And it's very simple as that when as you use the needle to hydrodissect, you're not going from point A to point B. You're going from under the skin and superficially as you're moving the needle down deeper, you're injecting at the same time. So you're putting constant pressure on the plunger. And as you meet resistance, you push until there's a loss of resistance. And you'll typically be down like in a fashion the muscle. So it's more than just a trigger point. And if you look at it, you're opening the layers up from the skin, the dermis, all the way down to the fascia. And there's not enough time on this podcast or even in a lecture to describe the fascia, uh, the nervous system, and also the connections from the skin on down. But the key is, is that if you open all these areas up, as I uh, described, blowing these tissue planes apart, then what happens is that the arterial blood will come in. And it's the immediate new perfusion that will come in and start uh, going after these foreign tissues and the body fluid. And I'd like to add this about body fluid. And nobody really looks for this, but if you're doing these injections, many times as you inject, you'll see this thick, gooey fluid come out, and it almost looks like chiroserp at times. And the darker it is, meaning it's the older it's been in the tissues, And because of the acidity, and it was because of this fluid, which caused the chronicity to begin with. When something is acute, when the body fluid, especially the hyaluronic acid, gets excreted into the tissues, if blood flow does not pick it up over a period of time, then it becomes chronic in the nature that it's already uh, prevented blood flow to get into the affected areas. It walls off, and then over time, it becomes, quote, scar tissue, adhesions, bands, whatever you want to label it. And then you don't have any perception from the skin down deep to the fascia to tell you that everything is okay. And it's also, if you think about pain medications, that if you can take all the opiates you want, and if that blood and the medicine cannot get into those tissues, the only place it can get it is into the nervous system, So that's what brings down the pain levels. It's not because it actually truly got into the tissues themselves where something in an acute state, it would. So all this with analgesics and stuff and chronic pain is uh, that you're depressing the brain 
to make them feel better, but you're not actually changing the physical tissues. And with these techniques, you're addressing and allowing, quote, healing to go on is because as proven by a group in Boston last year, they have shown that once the macrophages get into these tissues, they'll eat them up like Pac-Man and they detox. And I'd like to add this is that, especially in the female population, if you do a large amount of area, what will show up is in their urine. It'll be smelly, discolored, sometimes chunks. They're in there. You don't see it so much in the males, but it is very common in females. So that when I address these folks, and especially the gals, I warn them so that they don't get upset and call their primaries and say, I got a UTI the next day or two. So the bottom line is, is that you're using your needle as a scalpel, so to speak, and as you go through the layers, as you're cutting and injecting in this hydrostatic pressure and get the loss of resistance and breaking these walls down, the blood comes in and it's the blood over time that's going to heal them. And then what I do is I see them weekly. And by doing that is that it's like painting your room. You do a wall at a time as they come in the areas become smaller, and that means how much is healing, and so what is there that's left? And you say, well, how do you find this? And again, it's your fingers, it's your hands, it's palpation. And it's kind of like where that picture where the man touches a fire and brings his finger back. On examination, it's the same thing. You can call them the trigger points, whatever, but as you press, if they jump and they go, oh, my God, or sometimes it'll be a deep pain versus you know myofascial, but the point is you treat it all the same as you go from superficial to deep and you use your volume to do that. And then what will happen in minutes, actually, as we describe in our practice, five minutes, your life changes, is that within about five minutes, that pain pattern is going to change immediately. So whatever happens in the brain, whatever goes on from the periphery, it changes almost spontaneously. Well, I hope our audience really appreciates what we're talking about today. Because I think this is likely the future of soft tissue pain and the future of chronic pain. Because what you're describing is based in science. It's been tried by yourself for 14 years, 15 years. It works in most cases. In fact, maybe you could give us a, you know, if you've got 100 patients that come in, say they've got neck pain and back pain just for two basic things. How, how many would you say have resolved pain? Now, that's a big statement to make, but you know, what's your numbers on that? And we can talk about the details maybe behind that. But anyway, if 100 patients, neck and back pain, how many would actually have resolved pain? Are you talking about completely resolved that it doesn't come back? Well, let's talk about that first. That one, I would say probably 50 to 70% long-term, more than six months. And the majority of these people, between 80 and 100%, will get anywhere from probably four weeks to two to three months before some of these generators, as I call them, come back. But when they come back, we call them tune-ups because there's less to treat. It's inflammation that just started in areas that we've already treated, but it's easier to fix the second time around than the first time. And you'll see that in your practice when you treat a number of patients and, and see the same ones return over periods of time that what I'm describing here is that once you get through the major course of all this, the ones that do return, they're much easier to treat or get to keep in a time period where they're not on analgesics and they get around really well. 
And I also want to emphasize that in addition to these treatments, I use whether it be physical therapy, occupational therapy, other modalities, and just like you with nutrition, for those that will listen, that to uh, help prevent a lot of the recurrent inflammation is that they just clean up their diet and change their lifestyle. And for those that are open, that, you know, I will visit with them about that. But the ones that don't, those are the ones you're going to see more often coming back into your practice or may see back in your practice. And the other thing is, is that in my practice, most patients, if you think about it, they don't want to go to a pain clinic. Everyone's scared to death to get injected with a needle or needles. And in mine, people are coming in and saying, I just want this done. And because they know that there's very little discomfort with the injection techniques and the benefit they get is right now, it isn't like they got to wait for the steroid to kick in for three to four days and then two to three weeks if it's just a steroid effect, then the pain comes back immediately. And all that means is that you covered receptors, but you didn't address the actual physical problem that caused the pain to begin with. And with these injection techniques, you're addressing the physiological problems and allowing the blood in the body to heal. And I guess it's uh, similar to like whether it be PRP and stem cells versus drawing something up. The key on this is that if you blow everything apart and that blood gets in, it'll automatically do what it's supposed to do. And then I can tell you that when I talked about hyaluronic acid, I think I sent you a lab report in the 90s that it showed a number of these fluids that I sent in that I was so concerned about. It is hyaluronic acid. And all that turns into all the other things that if you look physiologically, they'll tell you there's 17 different chemical makeups or whatever that follow from this. But the key is it's from the hyaluronic acid, you know, from the tissues, the joints, the bursts of the disc, all of these things that when they rupture out, it's this acidic fluid that's causing all this inflammation to begin with. And in the chronic states means it's encapsulated and it doesn't show up on imaging unless, quote, it's a cyst. And by that meaning it's a large volume. So the key is, is that if you clean those tissues out and hydrate them, and especially with the, if you think of the sodium chloride, physiologically, you need the electrolytes for the nerves to fire. So people say, well, it's placebo, and it's absolutely not in that with the sodium chloride that between the blood and mouth communication is that the nerves can now fire. And that's why when patients say, well, gee, my pain's going away immediately, it's not so much from the local anesthetic. And if you think about the dosage of the local, what I've learned over the years and came to this concentration, the lidocaine is to dilate the blood vessels. I'm not looking for analgesic. I don't want numbness. What I'm looking for is to keep that perfusion open. And when I initially started doing this, I did so many patients with, without uh, lidocaine, some with just saline and some with all lidocaine and followed the results on these patients. And then when I finally came to this particular solution, I found this to work the best. And I found that if all you did was just straight local anesthetic, it's no different than anesthesia in the operating room. You can put in 40 cc's and get some great relief for you know, 24 hours or whatever, but it doesn't mean it reversed or did anything to the pain. And with this combination, what we're finding is that it's allowing to get rid of the impurities, the inflammation, and allow the nerves to fire and to get the blood in there. And then for that blood to attack these things. And then over time, as it resolves, then there'll be regeneration. And that's the key is to not only get the bad stuff out, 
but to get blood in to cause regeneration. Okay, and you mentioned on the a steroid, Depomedrone, when there's several of them that doctors use. So what's the benefit of just a small dose of that? My philosophy of this is that because it's in such a large volume, it's dilute and it acts like a magnet. And if you think about it, if you've got 20 cc's of fluid, instead of just giving an IM injection where you give it deep and you get 40, 80, 100, 120 milligrams, it sits around for a couple of weeks, it slowly dissolves, it may have side effects, I'm finding in my patients is that if I had the money or the people to do the research is that if we looked at the blood values that it is my belief from my observations that it's only around for a few hours. In other words, when it attaches to something and that blood comes in, that's when they're detoxing. And then as it gets absorbed and goes to the liver and the kidneys, it gets excreted. So I use the Depomo because it's a little more potent, but again, I don't have any issues on what steroid you use because the purpose is is to attach to something and get it out of there. Okay, so it's like it helps the detox process and it helps yes. you pull it away, you think. Okay, that's interesting. And you know, if people listening to this might think, oh my goodness, but this must be really painful to get this done. If you're putting all this fluid in the body, like, so what is the reality of the patient's experience as you inject them with maybe 10 or 20 or even 30 mils of fluid it's like, yeah, 30 mils of fluid. You mentioned CC, that's the old term, but you know, mils, milliliters of fluid. But what does it feel like for the patient? Let me backtrack here a little bit. When I examine patients, I use a Sharpie felt tip pen. And we call it the evil pen, is that when I press on an area that is extremely painful and you press really hard, they'll tell you, you stuck me with a needle. They'll actually feel like they got stuck with a needle and that's the sensation and that's one of the keys, too, to all of this is on examination, is that when you press into these soft tissues or even over bony prominences, is that because the effect under the dermis, it feels like a true needle. So that when I inject them, they'll say that pen was worse than your injections. The needle sizes are anywhere from a 25 to a 30-gauge needle. And the key is, is that if you, and once you start to inject, it's like anything else. If you go from point A to point B, there's severe pain as they go in. But if you start injecting the solution, as you start to inject initially and follow and keep that pressure, they don't feel much of anything. And this, this I can tell you from thousands and thousands of patients' responses. But if you do not do that and you go from point A to point B, yes, there is that pain and discomfort. And it's also the same that if you're tracking, let's say that you're along Achilles tendon, but you're not getting into it, but you're going parallel to it, as you inject to break up the adhesions, that if you track it in front as you're doing that and then advance the needle or pull out and go forward again, they don't feel it. It's because they've already opened up and anesthetized that area. So there's not much discomfort with these at all. In fact, when they come, they'll say, put the pen away. <laughs> Okay, interesting. Okay, now we were talking before about a very interesting condition called facial pain caused by shingles and other causes. And you've had amazing success with this. So can you just share a case testimony and explain what is going on with treating shingles pain or post-herpetic neuralgia in these cases? Okay, let me start with acute herpes zoster. Wherever they break out, if you treat under the vesicles themselves, and both superficially and deep. And again, you want a dilute solution because they may have a number of these vesicles and you don't want any lidocaine toxicity. The key is, is to get that fluid under and keep that dermis open so it doesn't crust. 
When you're doing this, you're going to do superficial and slightly deep under each one. And then after you're done with that, you're going to rub these things in really good. And you're going to make sure that the fluid penetrates and that it increases circulation. Normally, what you'll see in acute herpes zoster is that within two to five days, they will start to dry up. And usually within two weeks, they should be totally clear and no signs of scarring or anything. And in acute, you may have to treat every three to five days up to probably three treatments. But if you do this, you will see that they don't go on to post-hepatic neuralgia and they'll do fine. And this is getting in the periphery. In the face and the head, I usually wait about a, a week. And again, on the face and the head, you're looking towards kind of the, the facial and the temporal and the parietal and mandibular nerves and using a 30-gauge needle and very low dosage, meaning only a cc or two at the very most. And you want to minimize your steroid because you don't want to affect the optic nerve. But I can tell you that when you treat the face, especially with acute herpes zosters, that if they were having any visual disturbances, blurring, et cetera, that many times you'll see that it reverses spontaneously with these injections, that it'll change. And again, I showed you some pictures of a family member, and you can talk to folks about what you, what you saw there. His went away within three weeks and there's absolutely no scarring. But when you look at it, it looked like a cyclops. I mean, it looked horrible. And then there was already some scabbing going on, and it, it cleared up within two weeks. And I've had a number of uh, facial shingle patients that if you treat specific landmarks, you'll see things improve very quickly. And again, you wait a few days, let it clear up. It's a little different than the periphery, and it's more sensitive. And then other facial pain uh, syndromes besides shingles, it's the same thing is that if you look over the facial, the temporal, the auricular, mandibular, mental, all of these are ideal landmarks that when you press on them in chronic pain for facial pain, that you'll go superficial to almost partially deep with your injections. And again, it's a 30 gauge, not a 25 gauge. And it's your fluid and your loss of resistance again. And normally it only takes a couple cc's on each of these to do that. And you'll see almost spontaneous remission in the sense that they'll tell you, oh my God, in five minutes, I don't hurt anywhere. Now, they will go through the healing phase. And then for a couple of days, they go through some soreness. And then it will maybe slowly come back. But that means that things are healing. And then you base it on, over the next couple of weeks, your treatments, which are weekly, where you're going at and how much is resolving. So this is very unique. And it's very important to understand is that these facial pain patients can be treated without going after the trigeminal nerve and all these major interventional techniques that are being used today. And it's my belief from my observations over the last 15 years with this, is that it's all superficial tied into these major nerves. Wonderful. Let's just go to the other end of the body because let's talk about um, plantar fasciitis and Achilles tendinopathy, calf pain, something I deal with a lot myself. And I've seen pictures that you've sent me on this subject as well. So just give an example of somebody comes in with plantar fasciitis, that's heel pain, caused by inflammation and traction around the insertion of the Achilles tendon on the, the heel. And how would you treat that? Uh, the same as what I've been describing already. It's all going to be superficial to deep in the tissues. 
And you're going to look for either atrophy or swelling. So if something's atrophied or swollen, that's where you're going to inject. And this is a very interesting phenomenon. Whether it's atrophied or swelling, when you treat, what will happen is that the atrophied areas, those fields will fill up very quickly with blood and fill out and become symmetric. And if they're edematous, you'll notice in five minutes that you'll see a 30 to 40% reduction in edema and swelling in the tissues. And again, it's the same thing is that you're breaking planes up and getting blood to come in. And especially on the edematous part is that if you think about it, that they're all third spaced. And however this works to let the limps move, they move automatically. I mean, you'll see it in front of your eyes. Things just change immediately. This comes with experience is that what you're trying to do is open tissue planes up. And again, it goes from high resistance to loss of resistance. And then when you get the loss resistance, you don't want to go any further than that, meaning maybe a half a cc to another cc. Because if you add more fluid than you need to, you may start causing new inflammation in tissues that you just went into that you shouldn't have. So just to get this right, so you put in the fluid, you get the sensation of the resistance going down, and then you'll get to that normal level that we know who does this, who do this technique. You don't want too much more. Like, would you just stop there? Right. It's like when you fill up your gas tank and then it clicks, so you can't put any more in. That's what you're looking for. As soon as that hits, you push just a tiny bit more, and you know that on the plunger, it's an ease. Once you did that, you're done. I got it. Okay, Michael, we're going to wrap this up. For our audience, can you give us some resources that they could go to to learn more about this and tell them about where you are? And, and I can share where I am as well, where people can access these treatments and anybody else doing this around the country. I honestly can't uh, speak for that. I do have a very, very wonderful and good friend, and he's uh, written and published, Dr. Hal Blattman, who's in Cincinnati, and he also has an office in New York. And I've known Blatt or Hal for, uh, since the 90s. And when we talk, we're doing very similar things, and he has extremely high success. And I thank the world of Hal. He's just a tremendous individual. And uh, as far as other people, I honestly don't know. I'm sure there's very similarities. Where would you learn about this? It's similar to trigger points and peripheral nerve blocks, but I call it the platinum package in that it's more than that. Like I said, you're going to go from skin all the way down. And by doing that, by opening all, and I call it like a five-layer cake, once you go through all the layers and connect them and they reorganize, that's why things happen so quickly. I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. I have uh, two private offices, one in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and one in Omaha, Nebraska. And I cover two outpatient hospitals, rural hospitals. One's in Aurora, Nebraska, and the other one is in Red Oak, Iowa. And then I cover a clinic in Grand Island, Nebraska as well. Okay, well, thank you, Mike, for this. You're in Nebraska. There's a physician in New York uh, who's also in Cincinnati. Now, did I get the right, Dr. Hal Blattman? Blattman, B-L-A-T-M-A-N. Blattman, got it. Wonderful. And if you're in Vancouver and BC, myself, we'll be doing this technique because it's an extension of trigger point injections and from my perspective, we're helping release tension in the body and therefore 
Um, this technique obviously works. You've got 20,000 patients treated for the last 15 years. And um, I see in my own practice, this works a lot. I don't do this particular extensive nature with fluid, but it's just an extension and an advanced form of doing what I do as a day job. So um, my name, Dr. Wayne Fimister. I'm in Surrey. I'm in Langley. I'm in Abbotsford and I am in Agassiz in BC. Look me up at waynefimister.com if you're in the West Coast here of Canada and check out my good friend here, Mike, in Nebraska. So thanks so much, Mike. It's been wonderful to get you on, to meet you. And I look forward to more conversations as we go forward in this journey of helping people. Thank you very much, Wayne.